your policies, your laws. Let's debate on Night Talk. The tax bill in South Africa is one of those bills that just never seemingly, or at least conversations around the tax bill and amendments to the tax law, is just one of those conversations in South Africa that's never ending. As soon as one bill and cycle ends and is signed into law, a new one begins, and so it goes, right? And that's because uh, the one, the financial sectors, or at least financial systems, are ever changing. And, and financial behavior is also ever-changing, and so tax laws need to uh, change along with it. How tax is administered, in particular, needs to change. Um, the tax amendment bill that is currently before Parliament has in it some detail around certain changes to our tax laws, specifically pertaining to tax breaks, tax incentives, and tax rebates for solar energy, amongst the other things, right? But what is the eye-grabbing part of this particular bill. And let's get into the detail of that. Kyle Pfeiffer, the director for in tax, uh, in tax and exchange control practices at Werksman's Attorneys joins me. Kyle, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the interesting part for me, Kyle, and I guess because I'm self-interested, yeah, I may benefit from it, is, hey, there's some tax conversation around tax for solar. I'm considering installing, you know, solar panels and getting the benefit thereof that, that pertains to it. Uh, but that's not the only interesting part about the bill. Talk to us about what this bill aims to change. It's a number of things. Perhaps highlight the most important ones. Seems like we... Don't have Kyle. Let's see if we can get Kyle back on the line there. I'm taking your reaction 086-000-2032. That's the number to dial. Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you on this. Kyle, do we have you back on the line? Kyle? Hello. There we go. There we go. Kyle? Uh, now we can hear you. We lost you there momentarily. Perhaps, like a, just to rephrase it, what are some of the biggest parts of the tax amendment bill, the tax administration amendment bill that are important to note, think about, and perhaps give feedback on uh, as, you know, South Africans to parliament and lawmakers on this. Uh, you've read through it, written an, a legal opinion on it. Uh, perhaps let's start from what you think are uh, the most significant parts of this bill. Well, uh, Oliver, as you um, pointed out, you know, in the introduction, you know, with every round of legislative amendments, that uh, you know comes through one of the main points uh, is to try and increase you know tax taxpayer compliance and to you know make it easier for SARS to collect revenue so one of the the highlights that I recently wrote about was the amendment to require foreign employers who have employees physically working from South Africa to register for employee tax going forward and withhold uh, PAYE from the remuneration of those employees. Now, that proposal got some criticism and has been revised um, in the most recent draft of the Tax Administration Laws Amendment Bill to apply only to employers who have what we call a place of effective, uh, sorry, a permanent establishment in South Africa. Um, what that means generally is that now a foreign employer who has a piece of business here through which they you know, provide services or sell goods will be required to register for PAYE 
going forward. So the proposal has been uh, revised somewhat and yeah. in a more, you know, it's a much more sensible proposal because, you know, one thing that we are seeing in the tax space is the rise of remote working um, and the tax, you know, that, that needs to be accounted for by individuals who might work for a foreign employer from South Africa where, in fact, there's no business presence in South Africa at all. Yeah. And there's also foreign employers then who might have some employees in South Africa either in one particular place or they might have several employees spread spread out over various places in South Africa who are remote workers effectively. Yeah. Is is there a general trend of tax avoidance amongst foreign employers? No. I I wouldn't say so. But I think the the concern also is that the the employees who are here um, might not be completely compliant. The reason is that if you are a remote worker working for a foreign employer, the onus would be on you to pay your tax through the provisional tax system, which means you make a payment at the end of August of half of your anticipated tax and then you pay the other half at the end of February and you can make some adjustments uh, six months later and then you only file your final return uh, at the end of January the following year. And I think the concern there was that those individuals um, might be non-compliant to some extent because they're effectively being given free reign to estimate their, their final tax liability. Yeah. And, and and usually when a tax liability is estimated, SARS can dispute that. How many of those sort of disputes, and I look, I'm asking you this as a practicing attorney, so you, I, I know that you have limitations in how you answer those questions, uh, but how many of those sort of disputes uh, does SARS successfully uh, register? Well, look, it, it depends. But what normally happens with SARS is that if there are disputes, uh, you know, generally they get resolved um, correctly the majority of the time and you often find that SARS has a fairly high success rate if they have to take matters to court um, because you know they, they have their legal processes that include a department uh, you know, of, of qualified lawyers, they have their specialized audit teams and so there's a lot of scrutiny on you know, whether it is worth taking a case to court. So if you end up in that situation where you're in a dispute with SARS, you know, there's a good chance that you could lose. Does, does the ongoing coronation case, which is a major text dispute of just under a billion rand, fall into some of the things that this bill is trying to fix? Um, so, no, surprisingly not. I think to some extent it seems that SARS weren't expecting to um, win the coronation case. And actually, in the first draft of the taxation rules amendment bill, there were proposals to make amendments to basically counter the what, what SARS considered uh, a problem with the controlled foreign company rules in Section 9D of the Income Tax Act. And now that SARS has got a judgment from you know the, the Supreme Court of Appeal yeah. in its favor, it's actually withdrawn 
the proposed amendment. There is an appeal now noted in the Constitutional Court, which you know will be you know determined in due course. Um, and yeah. you know, if the taxpayer is lucky enough to succeed, then those proposals might be revised again or yeah. revived again. Sorry. Yeah. I'm taking your reactions to this. Give me a call, 086-000-2032. Let's take a quick break. On the other side of this, we continue the conversation. Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. Eight minutes to the top of the hour. Were you listening to Night Talk? My name is Oliver Dixon. I'm in conversation with Kyle Pfeiffer, Director in Tax and Exchange Controls Practice at Werksman's Attorneys. Kyle, let's talk about solar uh, and, and, and some of the solar energy uh, tax considerations that is within the bill. Are people getting back money or are they just getting tax breaks? So you can get back money, but uh, it is very restrictive. Um, the, the reason being primarily that you're only at this point going to be able to get a credit for actual solar panels and you know within a limited capacity and within a limited spend. So that makes it quite uh, makes the value of the credit fairly low because you know <clears throat> you can use solar panels to to generate what they call uh, direct current, but the problem is you can't then you know, get a tax credit for an inverter which will convert that current into usable electricity. So you know certainly from our perspective, we feel that this proposal um, you know is not uh, going to benefit a lot of people. Yeah. So how does it actually work for the layman who's thinking, hey, it's filing season right now. Uh, I just put on a solar panel. Can I do something about it? Can I get it uh, some sort, some form of rebate? How does it how does it work? OK. Yes. So so what happens is you have to go through um, an authorized installer, basically, um, and purchase panels. Then, uh, you know, once you have the... the um, wait, wait, when you mean authorized installer, it means I can't ask my uncle who's an electrician. I have to go to somebody that's registered somewhere. Where would that be? Yeah, that's right. So it, it has to be someone who, who's able to actually issue you with an electrical certificate of compliance. Okay, so that's the first point. Um, then second point... Um, would be that you you can only buy panels with a, a capacity of 275 watts, um, which is not a lot actually. Yeah. And this will only really apply between one March of this year. So you know you could have already benefited from this allowance, and will end on one March next year. What will then happen? Um, is that you'll get back 25% of the cost of each panel, yeah. but up to an amount of 15,000 rand only. Yeah. Okay, and, and that may seem like a lot of money, 15,000 rand, if you're spending 2,000 rand. Uh, to if you're spending 100,000 rand on panels, you're saving about 15% of it, right? But 250 um, you know, k- kilowatts is not that much right it's it's actually significantly little so you're not going to in real terms save that much money it seems yeah no so look i mean 
sorry, and just to correct the point here, it's it's you know you can buy a number of panels, but, but their rating must be not less than 275 watts. But the point is that the panels are not the major cost of many of these solar installations because you know that they have a fairly fixed cost, and often you're not going to need that many panels. But you know, without all of the other equipment, they're not useful, and you can't actually generate electricity. And the, the main cost then comes from installing an inverter and batteries, for example. Mm-hmm. And, and another piece of legislature that's not entirely tied to this, but certainly has an impact on this, is the changes to retirement funds and the two-pot system there. Does that have tax implications that are being addressed by the bill? Look, the, you know, the SARS has been revising the, the you know, two-pot retirement system for some time. And obviously one of the main uh, points will, you know, continue to be, you know, withdrawals before retirement age. But, you know, actually, I, I wouldn't say that anything with a significant tax implication. Obviously, a lot of it is, is just about trying to make the, uh, you know, the, the system more uniform across all classes of, of funds. So, so, so d- d- these bills will just have to not be in contradiction of each other. That is to say, uh, the law relating to retirement funds and the uh, concomitant tax law relating to it. Um, is Am I understanding that correctly? Yes. Look, a lot of it is regulated by this bill, but I would say to some extent a lot of the work's already been done. And then, you know, now what is happening is to say, well, you know, how much needs to be or how much when you retire, for example, can be commuted into a single payment. Yeah. And then just lastly, uh, there's some consideration around interest deductions in corporate and business tax. um, And that is at least the uh, incurred interest on production uh, may only be claimed as a deduction if the interest was incurred in the course of the taxpayer's trade. Uh, that sounds very technical. I don't know what that means, but it has an implication for business owners. What do business owners need to know about this? Mm. Well, look, so, so one of the main points that, uh, you know, has been, uh, in fact, the, the principle you've sp- expressed really has been a principle of tax law, you know, for probably as long as we've had income tax legislation, which is that, you know, if you're going to, borrow money to generate income, then your uh, interest bill should be deductible. Where things get a little bit less clear is for individuals. Um, So say, for example, if I uh, were to make a loan to a company and borrow money from a bank and uh, the interest rates are exactly the same. So in other words, I lend money to the company at the same rate as what I borrowed. You know, I'm not generating what we call taxable income because I'm not making any profit. But there has been a practice by the revenue service to allow you to claim a deduction up to the amount of interest that you received, um, you know, equal to what you've paid to the bank. So, so you know, and, and in that case, it wasn't yeah. always clear that you were producing income, but the deduction was still allowed as a matter of practice. That's now going to 
change going forward um, from 1 January 2025. Yeah. And it's going to be a little bit more restrictive, but, you know, Treasury are continuing to look at, you know, the ways to offset hardship for individuals. You know, it's very common, for example, um, for, you know, professionals who are shareholders in a, in a you know, company that carries on an engineering business or a legal business to yeah. make loans to the company. And that was one of the things that Treasury was particularly concerned about ah, okay. and are trying to provide for by now making an amendment to the Act to expressly allow interest deductions on the money borrowed by those sorts of individuals, so professionals, um, but then also withdrawing practice note 31, as we call it, because that's a very broad practice yeah. note just which just talks about money borrowed yeah. uh, and on lent to any person, really. Yeah. yeah. Carl, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Pleasure. I really, really do appreciate it. Carl Pfeiffer, who is the Director in Tax and Exchange Controls uh, at Verksman's Attorneys. Uh, taking your reactions to that, give me a call, 86 We're going to take your final news bulletin. On the other side of that, it is the open line. Let's take your news with Greg Hose.